Yeah, you have something to say now? No, because I know your game. <laughs> I know what okay. you do, and, and I, I know you better than you know yourself. I was just waiting to see if you had something to say, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. you just licked the salt from chips off your fingers. My, uh, <clears throat> my power is back, and uh, aren't you thankful for that? Because Mike is not good at hosting the show, I guess, from what I can hear. <laughs> From Mike, um, I'm a little sun drunk from the weekend. I was at he the did shore. a great job. I don't think he did, before. Tom, based on his own uh, his own comment. Mike you know likes what? to undersell and overdeliver. You know what? That's, That's true. a lot of underselling. I, I self-deprecate because okay. I have you, low self-esteem. You happy? I do. Have Brian Resnick. Most of the articles I'm... Oh, you know what? I should probably do the quick. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bantering the Blue Shirts Off the Post, which Mike forgot the name of on the last show. Uh, my name is Joe Fortunato. I am back. We are joined by Michael Murphy, and we brought in the ringer, Tom Ertz Jr. Hi! He's a senior in my book. Well, he's not an actual senior, so you're insulting his father. Uh, Brian Resnick. Most of the articles I'm reading have Adam Fox starting the season with the Rangers and Q being the second power play unit. Knowing more trades or gulp buyouts could be coming, but would not make would it not make more sense to start Fox in Hartford? Gains experience and plays enough games, and we sacrifice a lower draft pick. I'm going to say if he's ready, he's fucking ready. That's my answer. That's my answer as well. Well, it's copying me already. I think you could start him in Hartford just because, like, if you have Truba and D'Angelo and Fox, it's you got to find how much time you're going to spend for each player in, in each situation. And we want to make sure that Fox makes the jump to professional hockey first. Like, he was great in college, but he hasn't played in any professional games yet, so... I don't see any problem, you know, seeing the speed of the game from the AHL level, and then you give him a promotion, you see what he does, but you're going to have a lot of redundancy, and if you can keep that, that better draft pick by limiting his games played, I'm in favor of that, even if he travels with the team from time to time and just practices. I mean, if the insinuation is that he's not ready, that's one yeah. thing, you know what I mean? If he's not ready for an NHL gig and the Rangers make the decision that, okay, they're going to send him to Hartford, that's fine. The redundancy doesn't really bother me as much because the Rangers have a redundancy of talent then on the blue line. If him and D'Angelo are both on the second power play unit because they're both really good, then they're both on the second power play unit because they're both really good. Um, I wouldn't worry so much about the draft pick. I know that sounds stupid, but for where the Rangers' prospect system is, it's not as much of an issue. I just, to me personally... Adam Fox, if he's ready, even slightly ready to be an NHL player, and he's not drowning out there, you, you do it. You need him to get the experience so that when the Rangers do start contending, they have a guy like Adam Fox who has NHL experience under he's his belt. He's also on an ELC, so this is not a guy who it's like, oh, there's more incentive to get him down there because of the cap situation. Like It helps the team more if Brendan Smith is in the HL instead of Adam Fox. And the other thing with Fox, it's like, yeah, you know, it would be lovely to not have to give up the the second second round pick, but like Tom said, get him ready. Like it, it's even if he's just traveling with a team and and all that, just it's it's fine. It's really fine to say, you know, you have this guy as your second power play quarterback, and you play him on the third pair. You let him figure it out, and you know what? You don't. There's no rush to make him figure this out at this level. But he was so good. In college, like this is a guy who should have a relatively smooth transition to a role where he's not being asked the world like Kale McCarr is in Colorado. Like they're not gonna put him in a position where he has to succeed or everything starts catching fire. He's gonna be fine. Well, I think the Rangers think he's ready. Look no further than the email they sent out to you know people this afternoon. Enter the Adam Fox draft pack sweepstakes adam fox just autographed two hat and puck packs and are for a chance to win one of two exclusive packs we're very excited to have adam fox what, what are we doing a fucking here. live read for the rangers here well my point is they're at they're marketing this guy as like he's nhl ready so the way that they've been doing this with him and panarin it's like you get the sense that they think these guys are gonna play tom out here giving free advertising jesus 
Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but I I also like I think there's going to be a lot of discussions about it. I like Five Guys Burgers. Ooh, it's I like good quality meat too. with all the toppings you can choose from on a menu. And <laughs> you know what? Like that story in Florida. Yes, Five Guys got arrested at Five Guys. Peak Florida. Uh, Tom, what is your burger choice? If you could go to Five Guys and you could have whatever you wanted. So I do the actual burger, which is the, the two patties. Um, I do cheese, barbecue sauce, and onions. Interesting. Michael? Oh, I do the double cheese. I want sautéed onions on it, Joe. I want lettuce for that green just to make me think I'm being good to myself when I know I'm being dirty. I want the mushrooms on it. Is that... I want what are barbecue you doing? sauce on it. Uh, I just saw Mike's display name, and now this is, all makes sense. Uh, <laughs> my, okay, that makes that makes a ton of sense. My burger selection is double patty with cheese, obviously, lettuce, pickle, ketchup, mayo, mustard. That's my that's yeah, my go to. Yeah, you're just a piece of shit. Uh, all right, let's not <laughs> spend ninety minutes on the next question. Uh, okay. Stefan, yes, yes, go. Yesco. Stefan Y. S Y. S Y. S Y. Joe Mike, assuming no buyouts take place, does Quinn have the guts to make a stall healthy scratch? What would the D pairings look like in this case? I don't. We don't know what the D pairings are going to look like without this. Yeah, case. Un- unfortunately, this question. Like, and here's the thing. The good news is, y- you have about ten days right before the Rangers need to answer these questions because you have Buchnevich's. Yeah, uh, hearing will be his hearing is the 29th, yeah. and then I believe the that from that point forward. Um, Forty eight hours after that. Well. Right after that, yeah, you get, what, 48 hours, right? So, so the window opens three days after the last settlement, and then it's open for 48 hours. So you're going to get your answers. But until then, it's almost impossible to add, like, will Quinn healthy scratch him? Maybe. I, I, I don't. I have to see what the defense so. looks like before we get there, but my gut says no. Michael Canick, question for the pod. Is there a drinking game created already? And if not, would we all die if the phrase, you son of a bitch, was included? So this must be a drinking game about the podcast. Yeah. Let's just put it this way. Every time Joe saves the show, take a drink, and you would die within 20 minutes. That's a lot of talk from a guy who couldn't show up for the flagship. This oh, I'm week. sorry, Michael. I didn't have power. I don't have control of electricity. A lot of talk for someone going on paternity leave. Yeah, and you know what? There's a lot of talk for somebody who forgot the name of the fucking show that they named themselves. I already told you it was the son. Yeah, what do you have to say about that, you son of a bitch? You don't. Oh, there it is. Son of a bitch. Take a drink. Shot. Uh, Bobby Callahan. I was Some curious of the about. This is probably the, the drinking game. Either the, either that, or it's us making excuses for Kevin Shattenkirk. Those or or it's us like mispronouncing names and. Oh no, it's you mispronouncing names. It's us mispronouncing names because Michael Logan Quatour and Tyler Seguin. <laughs> Are you done? Are you happy with what Are you've you done? Done? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I'm drink. going to be either. You goddamn monster! Want to roll you in in like uh, breadcrumbs? Put you in the oven. Let's show you breadcrumbs in the oven. Uh, Bobby Callahan, I was curious about this question. In a recent podcast, you talked about metrics that justify taking a chance on Hendrickson and that he wasn't just leaning on the production of Raymond. How different was taking Ryan Gropp from this pick? He was mostly productive due to Barzal. Hoof. So this is, I would need to do a little bit more research. Um, and it's actually interesting because one of the things about the Ryan Gropp selection that a lot of people in the New York Rangers organization pointed to was the fact that when Barzal went down with an injury, Gropp's point-per-game metrics actually rose slightly without him. But the problem is when you're playing alongside of a bona fide talent, it, it, it's very difficult to get a good gauge. Like We didn't have Evan Oppenheimer um, had the metric that I referenced on that show where you saw the differences between what he was out there putting up and where his offense was going. So we don't have access to that for Gropp. At least I don't. I'm sure if I asked him for it, uh, he would be able to provide it. But without that, it's kind of impossible to answer that question um, accurately. I would just say that Grop had a little bit more going for him than maybe you might have thought from the onset. Yeah, pretty much that, where it was when, if what I remember, because I believe he had tweeted it out at some point, uh, going way, way back, because someone had asked that you did have that break where Barzell was hurt and Grop played well, but fundamentally, when they were both playing together, 
there was an obvious, you know, benefit, whether that was just from, you know, primary assist, secondary assist, or you have Barzell on the ice at the same time, you're going to be paying attention to someone like that, where while, yeah, Raymond is someone who's going to be a top talent in the upcoming draft, it wasn't like he was just sort of, you know, riding his coattails. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Gabriel Vargas. Hey, Mike and Joe. You know what? Uh, love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Question for this week's episode. How do you think Pionk's new contract with the Jets will affect negotiations with D'Angelo? That's a great question. Uh, so Pionk signed a two-year, $6 million deal yesterday. Um, it was met with pretty much fa- laughing and, you know, a lot of negative fanfare. Um, I don't... It really won't because Pionk was arbitration eligible, whereas D'Angelo doesn't have that ability where they can pretty much tell him, look, this is how far we're going to go. You know, you can sit out all you want. We have Jacob Truba. We have Adam Fox. We have Kevin Shattenkirk. So, you know, take it or leave it or, you know, we'll trade you. Whereas Pionk was, they traded for him. He could go to arbitration and he was going to get around that no matter what, so um, I don't think it's going to impact it that much. You know, I kind of thought Pionk was going to get, or not Pionk, I kind of thought D'Angelo was going to get around that figure anyway, just because, like, he did put up almost a point, well, I think he did actually put up a point, yeah, half a point per game, I was going to say a point per other game, but half a point per game is better. 30 and 60. Um, You know, he he was easily the Rangers' best 5v5 defenseman as far as I'm concerned last year so it, it, it is a little bit of an interesting kind of dynamic there uh, larry brooks is speculating now just based off some of the numbers he's thrown out that we could be talking about like d'angelo getting two million dollars or so and i'm just kind of inferring that by how much money he allotted to the three rfas remaining which is buchnevich lemieux and d'angelo but that's a really interesting uh, like tom said there's different uh, variables at play here mainly the fact that pionk is arbitration eligible does kind of change a little bit but i, I think d'angelo is going to come into the I-, I would be surprised if d'angelo was below you know two million dollars I, th- I think he's i still think he's eligible for that kind of three three point two million type deal what'd you say i think 2.5 is the neighborhood yeah, I don't think it's uh, I don't think that's a terrible thing. Uh, Mike Sturm. Now that the Rangers are better, do we think that Stan- or the Stanley Cup window is reopened for Henrik Lundqvist? Nope. Nope. See, here's what I'm going to say, you two negative bitches. Okay, maybe, just maybe, the Rangers can surprise some people and make the playoffs this year. Um, maybe, just maybe, the Rangers could theoretically be contenders in two years, but that would really require the New York Rangers to take enormous steps, and I'm talking about like Kravstov and Kako and, you know, maybe Keandre Miller comes up next year and surprise, like, for, you need really everything to go right for the Rangers to be even remotely, um, really playoff contenders next year and Stanley Cup contenders for sure in the next couple of years. So, I mean, if I can cheat a little bit and say under his current contract, no, but if this team shows enough in the next two years, maybe you have a way of convincing Hank and saying, hey, Hank, want to go for one more kick at the can with this group? We'll give you a deal for, you know. But can you do that? One million plus bonuses. I mean, like, you, you theoretically could monetarily, but could you, with Shostyurkin and potentially Georgiev in the wings, well, could you do that? one of those two, because I don't think at that point you would have Gorgiev and Shostyurkin. And even if it's you're telling Hank he's going to be a backup, just so he can get his name on the cup, theoretically speaking, like, is he going to retire if he has a chance to, even in a backup role, go it one more time Instead of saying, what could have been if only I stayed a little bit longer? I don't know. That's a really... This is an interesting question because it it's another one of... I mean, Henrik Lundqvist is really the most difficult, like, heart-slash-brain 
tease that you're going to have in the NHL, right? Like you, you desperately want Henrik Lundqvist to win a cup somewhere, whether it's in New York or otherwise. You desperately want the New York Rangers to do that for him because he's, I would tell you, the best player to ever play for the New York Rangers. But at what cost? The Rangers did the whole go in, you know, as far in as they can, even when it's not the right decision thing. And that really cost them. I mean, it took the Rangers, like this rebuild has been fantastic, but more often than not, that is a death blow to an organization. And the Rangers very nearly suffered the consequences. So when you really drive together all your thoughts about what Henrik Lundqvist may or may not mean to this organization, that stuff is still going to be there regardless. The Rangers are still going to be what they are, and Henrik Lundqvist is still going to be what he was to this team, regardless of whether or not he wins the Stanley Cup. You want to see it, absolutely. I'm not telling you you don't, but I am saying that the New York Rangers, like, you, you can't you can't just go all in because all of a sudden you're sort of good enough and you want to keep Hank happy. Um, it's just not the way that it's going to work. Well, yeah, but, like, if it's the cost is, okay, you structure it in such a way that the the performance bonuses you get x dollars if you win a stanley cup that's the carrot you dangle and if he doesn't want to like i don't think he's the type of player that he's going to want to go to another team there are just these guys that you know it's it's funny because you look at european players and you ask a lot of them what's one of the most important things as a player it's it's winning for their country it's being able to win an olympic medal he won an olympic medal he won a world championship uh, would he love to win a Stanley Cup? Of course, but I think that he's sort of gotten to this point where being a Ranger is, is what's most important to him, and it, it's it's a hypothetical for sure, and I think it, it all is what will determine this is how good this team is the next two years. If he can see that they've got somewhat of a shot and the money works out, it's worth investigating because, like I said, I don't think you're going to have Shostorkin and Gorgiev. I think you'll have Shostorkin. I don't think you'll have Gorgiev. All right, we've we have to we're going to start speed rounding some of these questions, but I will say this is from from Mike Sturm, who we just answered his question. Um, I read the hotel name last time accidentally. Atlantic Ocean Suites. Uh, they have a hotel, a family-run hotel in Maine. So if you guys want to go to Maine, go to AtlanticOceanSuites.com, and uh, if you tell them you're from the Blue Shirt Banter podcast, they'll give you five percent off. There's an impromptu uh, little little sales message out there. We're helping the family. That's what we're doing. Tom is throwing out ads. I'll throw out some goddamn ads. There you go. I always guys, wanted to go to Maine. Burgers and fries. Uh, yeah, listen, five guys, I'll totally take advertising right now. Uh, Felipe, <laughs> Felipe Gostein, do you think the Rangers would have traded Henrik Lundqvist this season if he did not have a no-movement clause? Um, I think they probably would have, yes. That's kind of a loaded question because where could he have realistically, Load the gun. realistically fit with his cap hit? And it would have been a situation of you're finding a team that has a goalie with as big a contract that you're taking back. So I don't know exactly who that would have been. Well, I'm not necessarily talking about what specific deals would have been done. But I do think that if the Rangers had the ability to, I think they would have traded Lundqvist in the sell-off, make room for Georgiev and, and Shostyorkin moving forward and just kind of go from there. Because I don't think it's wrong to say that the New York Rangers probably would have been better off if they were able to trade Lundqvist, as weird of a thing as that is to say. But I'm also damn happy he's here. And, it you know, it is what it is. It's an interesting, it's a very interesting situation. Michael, you have any speed thoughts on this? Mip. Okay, good. Uh, next question. Clem Fandango. Might be too late on this week. No, it's not, buddy. You're right on time. What player are you surprised is still a free agent? Jake Gardner. But Actually, Jake Gardner's health related. Is it health related? See, I hadn't heard any of that, but yeah, that's my big like I'm shocked he doesn't he's gonna take a, a really short term good deal somewhere. I think he had back issues that sort of limited him during the playoffs, mm. and there was this, will he have surgery, will he not have surgery, and I think that he decided not to have surgery, but yeah, I, I'm i surprised that he's not signed yet, even on a one-year prove-me deal. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I'm just, 
there's always like that one guy that kind of hangs out and you're like, oh, you can get him maybe at a bargain. But normally it's not a player like Gardner was supposed to be one of the guys who was getting a max contract. You know what I mean? Once the season, once free agency began. So um, that's definitely an interesting situation. Merkel Murph, you got a Merk? Uh, Pat Maroon is still is somewhat surprising me. Oh, you and your you and your goddamn blues. I mean, also just because he had posted on Instagram about it, like that he had, you know, I think he had multiple offers because he was asking his kid, uh, "Where do you want to go?" You know, Brian Boyle still unsigned. Yeah, Boyle's a very interesting one, especially after as soon as he like posted that, I was like, "Oh, okay, here we go. This is exactly what's going to be." You know, this is he's going to sign someplace now, and uh, yeah. He is not yet. That's unfortunate. Josh Zarkin. I don't understand how we can be in a situation where Pionk gets $3 million a year, but the Rangers can't find a trade partner for Shattenkirk get 50% retained. Josh, you and me both. What am I missing? I don't. I have no idea. I think teams and it, are probably uh, scared uh, about the injury. Um, it, like, the way my brain works is I want to try to understand why teams would be like, oh, boy, I don't know. And I feel like the answer to that is... They see the injury. They see that a de- decline in his production. They look at what he did last year, and it doesn't help that he was playing for a very bad team for the last two seasons for all of his stats. But I don't understand. I mentioned this on the the, the flagship with Tom. Uh, I just a team. No one being the fact that no one is apparently willing to take on Shaddy at three point three two five, and you know, give up just, you know, like a, a, you know, a conditional pick or two or something like that where you just take it on and the Rangers get some cap relief, which is really what they'll get back in the trade. And the other team gets, you know, an option as a power play quarterback if they need that. It's kind of crazy to me that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, it could have been him sort of rationalizing things, but at the end of the season, there was a, an article on NHL.com. It might have been just before free agency where. Shattenkirk's talking about he had the injury in year one and how the rehab from that cut into his off-season preparation. So that was his main focus, rehabbing that knee, and it wasn't his his normal, um, you know, procedural stuff of getting ready for a season. And you look at his first half, and that sort of is what happened. But he picked up some fire towards the end of the season, and like. I kind of want to see that guy. I want to see that guy who is motivated that, man, this team went out and traded for Jacob Truba. Like, I was supposed to be the answer here. You know, they got Adam Fox, who's this, you know, young up-and-comer, and they still have Tony D'Angelo. It's like, I want to prove that I'm, I'm still a guy. And like, yeah, you know, I may not be a fit in here, but sure as shit, I'm not going to allow myself to get bought out. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what to say really about the Shattenkirk situation because I really do feel like this is it's astounding to me that that very bad defensemen have been traded this year and, and teams have kind of looked up and down and seen whatever they can do um, and Shattenkirk at at fifty percent retained has not been you know taken seriously and I, I think we kind of laughed a little bit at whether or not um, the Larry Brooks report that Kevin Shattenkirk was unmovable was realistic or not especially like just after you saw the people move that that it's just it boggles your mind but it does appear to have some merit because he has not been traded and the rangers desperately need cap space and i'll be the first one to tell you that i think that kevin chattenkirk got the unluckiest draw possible with the new york rangers he got injured right away tried to play through it it kind of ruined that first year and now we're in a position where like we're not really you don't. You haven't gotten the real Shattenkirk yet, and I don't know if you ever will in New York. Um, and that's a damn shame. That's a goddamn shame. Anthony McHale, what are your thoughts on keeping Kreider into the season and waiting until the trade deadline to either flip him or use him as a rental? Uh, I I don't love this theory because once again you're hanging this over the season much like the rangers did with hayes much like the rangers did with zuccarello and you kind of saw how that played out and at the end of the day you're going to have more suitors for chris Kreider today than you would have at the trade deadline because there are teams who have talked themselves into being playoff contenders they think they're a piece away maybe carolina thinks they need something like that whatever it may be so to me i don't think holding on to Kreider. Makes sense. If you're going to trade him, trade him. 
So, like, I talked about this briefly on the flagship, but I don't think the Rangers have actually made up their mind yet because we talk about ways of finding uh, finding ways to create cap space, and that would be it right there. Like, I'm not saying you're moving him in a salary dump, but odds are you're taking back po- uh, prospects and picks that are not counting against your salary. But because he's not been moved yet, part of me thinks that they're still trying to see if they can fit him in long term. And give or take, it's you can make an argument for or against, but the last thing that they should do is feel that they have to move him just because they're up against the salary cap. Which it does kind of feel like we're in that realm. Michael, do you have anything to add? You haven't spoken. The other part of this is holding Some on push. to Kreider, you you run the risk of him getting injured, and then you can't deal him, and then you get you're left with your dick in your hand. You know, it's well, language, sir. I'm sorry. Penis. Did I? Do you have anything else there? Did I ruin it? No, you ruined everything. Well, you know what? Your your face ruined it. Um. Diego Diaz, Buchnevich, trade or not? Well, they can't trade him right now because they got to go to arbitration. Correct. Then that opens up the buyout window. But why would you trade him if you're going to get someone that's cost controlled? Like, you're not going to get, you would get more from him a year from now as an RFA with one year left on his deal than you would now because. Anywhere he goes, it's going to be going into a much better situation, more ice time, probably better line mates, and then you're just you're you're looking to you know light something on fire and like oh wow he's really great now I actually got to pay him, whereas if you let him stay with the Rangers a year, then trade for him, it's one year of one body of work in a new circumstance in which you can say okay you kind of showed what you're capable of in this environment we like you but we only like you at this price i mean if you want a guy you have to go out and get him right like buchnevich wouldn't be guaranteed to be traded if he sticks with the rangers maybe he lights the world on fire and for the rangers sake i hope he does and and it kind of puts an end to this i think the problem that i have with trading buchnevich is and and i've said this before you were really entering the shitter get off the pot stage of the Buchnevich love like at some point he needs to put it all together and I think next year he will but I've also been saying that for two years um you're selling low more likely than not and you're selling low on a guy like Shattenkirk as well although maybe not you're definitely selling low on a guy like Kreider but that's okay at this point right because you're trying to make these things depending on how low you sell it is justifiable if you're gonna try to finagle a couple of things around and I know people will die on the hill that Chris Kreider needs to be signed long term but I do think there is some merit to this idea that the Rangers might want to avoid that contract the reality of the situation is you need young talent in the NHL. You need young talent to be successful in the NHL. And the Rangers, while they have a fair amount of young talent, especially in guys like Krovstov and Kako, they don't have a ton of established young talent. And if Pavel Buchnevich is exactly what he's been for the New York Rangers, he is a potential 50-point player. That's an established player. So I don't think the Rangers could just toss him to the side and say, huh, okay, we're going to trade Buchnevich now because the reality of the situation is the New York Rangers need guys like Buchnevich to kind of keep the, keep the ship steady, if you will. It, you might put Kako out on the very first line, and that's great. That's fantastic. But Kravstoff might not be ready. You know, the Rangers might need a guy like Buchnevich to kind of settle things down. If he happens to blow up, then so be it. But the main reason you don't trade him, at least as far as I'm concerned, you don't sell low on a guy like Buchnevich if you can help it. That's my that's my response to that. Michael, go ahead. What's your thought? Yeah, I, I line up with both of you. I don't. This is a trade where, you know, the idea of moving Buchnevich. The first thing that comes to mind is you should never say you don't. You need to know what you're getting in the first place. Who's on the board? Who who's who's on the board? Who's on the board? I want to know who's on that board. I want to know what the return would look like because any player really is tradable. You know, I want you to put the board in my no matter mouth. How, no matter how we might feel about them. And the answer, like Joe said, like the, a young established player like Booch who will be to some extent cost cost controlled, especially if he's on you know just that bridge deal, like he's going to have a reasonable cap hit. And that's just like... Especially for a guy who you're going to have in your top six, Buchnevich's cap hit will will be a reasonable cap hit. 
there's no reason to move on from him unless the deal you get back is enticing. And to me, that's why it's a better idea, generally speaking, to move Kreider or to move Vlad Nemestikov or Ryan Strom. Like, those are just better better options than, than moving Buchnevich. Um, need to seduce as, Mike with a deal. Yeah, you got to make it worth my while. Put on some lingerie and, and come in with that deal swinging. Put on some Marvin Gaye and some lingerie. Bow, 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 nice alliteration. Uh, Larry D'Antonio, in your opinion, what is Jacob Truba's ceiling versus his floor in points? So, Gary, Gary, or Larry, sorry, Larry, Larry, Larry. Um, I would tell you that a lot of this is going to depend on where Truba plays, but assuming he does get the PP1 kind of role that we're expecting. 35. I, I, ooh, 35 is a little low, but sure, I think that's fair. Probably on the more hurt. conservative side. Um, yeah, I think that's fair, Michael. Son of a bitch. Done. Thomas, I do you want to... Yeah, I think that's about the range because you're going to want him to primarily play 5-on-5 five five in the power play. You don't want him on the PK at all. So depending on how the team plays and how you know ice time works out, if they're a very penalized team, you know that'll eat into it a little bit. But I think 35-60, that's a wide range. I don't, I don't get why we're still talking when I nailed it that hard. You see what I deal with, Tom? He's just rude. He, he's like a he's hard. a pretentious billy goat. He just he just eats his way through the show. Contributes also, nothing. Neither of you put mushrooms on your five guy burger. Is Dude, it? fuck I mushrooms. mushrooms. Fuck mushrooms. God damn it. Straight out fuck mushrooms. The smell just gets to me. It's yes. like what is a mushroom good for? First of all, ninety percent of them are poisonous. Ninety percent of them. That's poisonous. A, there's no way that's accurate. There, it's 100% <laughs> accurate. 90% of mushrooms are poisonous. All right. Okay? There's only two types of mushrooms that you can eat okay. in the world. All right? That can't be true. Again, there's oysters, there's shiitake, there's portobello. First of all, an Three oyster right is a type of shellfish. You, no, it's you a stupid type of bastard, oyster mushrooms, okay? you son of a bitch. Now, Michael, you've been fooled by the pro-mushroom agenda, and it's it shows, okay? You, you, there's two types of mushrooms that are edible. The rest of them slowly poison you, if not outright poison you, and then you die. So this is, um, take it for what it's worth, it's the Mushroom Journal. Here we go, Tom. 50% inedible, 25% edible, but not incredible. 20% will make you sick. 4% will be tasty to excellent. 1% can kill you. Jesus Christ. Like, I was almost, I was joking. No, I'm absolutely correct. Did you hear those numbers? That added up to 90% poisonous. No, first of all, Michael, twenty percent was just the ones that are poisonous. The rest of them will kill no, you. Like one percent kills you outright. Will make you sick. Twenty percent will no, make you well, sick. No, well, I'm sorry, Michael. Can you not get poisoned if you, you you die immediately when you get poisoned? No, you get sick. I'm being generous with the definition of poison. I'm saying uh, listen, it makes you I'm, sick as a light I'm just poison. telling you that every time that you put a mushroom into your grubby little mouth, you are poisoning yourself. If they're ninety percent of the time, if they're on the board, I'm out of the restaurant. You know what? But you you eat at five guys and they're on the board. Well, the board like in front of me, like you know, like on the table, so to speak. Like I can't eat with the smell of mushrooms. Why are there mushrooms in front of you if you're not ordering them though? Well, I think like that's other, a more important like, question. Like other people that are ordering, like around S- me. So to confirm this, if I go to dinner with you and I order mushrooms, you're out. You don't even sit down. You like you just get up and leave. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Okay, so you're you're an absolute psychopath outside of Mike. That's insane behavior. I can tell you that I hate truffles. Truffles are the worst. Well, I could tell you that I, I don't care much for cauliflower, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking mushrooms. Cauliflower is pretty good, Mike. You really gotta you gotta step your game up, okay? And stop wanna, eating mushrooms because they're you poisoning your brain. Bring a second, you know, the second life you've brought into this world, you know, in a couple of days, I would just take a brick and hit you right between the you, eyes. My, well, why don't you just feed me a mushroom? It'll do the same thing with its poison. I would. But there's a ninety percent chance that that mushroom is full of poison. Unless it's a Super Mario mushroom. In which case, okay. it will give you powers. If right. So, Alone films taught me anything. It's that it's perfectly acceptable to hit humans in the head with bricks. That and Joe Pesci is invincible. See, these oh. are once again these Except are in Scorsese movies. These are mushroom-born thoughts. They're not healthy thoughts, Michael. You've been poisoned. Your brain. Fuck. Honestly, fuck mushrooms. There are very limited experiences where a mushroom is is good to eat. 
Just it's just a bad take, Joe. It's just a bad take. I, I don't think it is, Michael. I think your it's take the, is the umami is bad. flavor profile is the meaty profile that's meat and mushrooms. Oh you've been you've been completely fooled. Like chicken marsala, it's okay, but mushrooms don't really make the dish. Oh, here's your exceptions. Go fuck yourself, Joe. Okay. <laughs> I'm not putting it on a, a delicious Five you know, Guys like burger. You, I like you your definition of 90%. That's how much I like you. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Depending on what you mean by that, you like me a lot. No, it's it's 90% is actually 20%, you dumb bastard. That's what I mean. <laughs> I still... Listen, next question. Obviously, the mushrooms have poisoned you. Um, next question. Joe Fortunato, why does Mike like mushrooms when they're very clearly one of the worst food groups? Is that written from Joe's hurt feelings on Twitter? Uh, it is written from Joe is better than Mike, 57, yeah. because 56 other people took that name on Twitter. Also, here's another question it's from this guy. Why man. does Michael Murphy not like egg sandwiches? God, you're just a sad little man. How are you a father? How are you about to be a father? I don't know. I ask myself that question all the time. It's so irresponsible, Joe. <laughs> I'm just... Caitlin... Actually, I think Caitlin ate mushrooms yesterday, believe it or not. And she was poisoned, so... Oh, you poisoned your daughter. Yes. That's a good thing to put on the Because I trusted you. I was like, oh, Mike hey, Joe, said that mushrooms are good. Hey, Joe, where's the picture of Wizardy that I asked for three weeks ago? I still have yet to take it. I Mom? swear... I Joe, swear. I was going to ask, how Wizardy is Wizardry? For weeks at a time. He feeds him once a week. I, actually, Wizardy has not been fed in quite a while, so I do need to go down and feed him. So what that's is the a matter good, with you? Good, it's the You're way that he. Monster. It's no. It's the way that they live, dude. They can't. Whatever something happens where like they breathe the food in, it's very bizarre. They eat pellets, and the pellets like immediately dissolve in the water. Tom, Wizardy lives in a basement. Without so me. Wizardy is in the basement right now. He's he's fine. It's fine. He's happy. He knows what he's doing. He lives in the frog version of Gitmo. He's he's great. <laughs> His existence is fantastic. The frog is only supposed to live for two years. Mine is fucking 23 now, maybe 24. I don't know. You don't deserve credit for that frog hitting the genetic lottery. I, ha I have to. He's my frog. All right, next question. Greg Buckley. I think we can all agree Shattenkirk still has some value to the team. With that being said, does Truba Shattenkirk and Fox on the right side make D'Angelo expandable or expendable in a trade? It does only if like there's this sense that they want to capitalize on his value because i would it would be i naive to think that you know jeff gorton and john davidson might not go to david quinn and say hey what do you think based on one year like what is this kid's potential what do you think you can get out of him and he might give an honest assessment and say you know this is what i think he's capable of but with fox and truba and shattenkirk I can kind of live with, with without him. So there's that potential because once you sign him, you could theoretically trade him. And on a low contract, he'd have pretty good value. I mean, relatively speaking. Much like Pavel Buchnevich and 90% of all mushrooms being poisonous, um, if you're trading D'Angelo at this stage in the game, you are likely <laughs> trading low. You're selling very low on D'Angelo. Um, there might be a team that goes, oh, they look at the numbers that he put up and they think to themselves, oh, you know, this is a guy that we definitely want to get. But you're not dealing from a position of power. And that's a very difficult thing. Like, I understand that the Rangers have revamped their farm system and I understand the Rangers have an unbelievable crop of young talent that are coming up through the ranks that we're going to get to see day in and day out next year. But that also doesn't mean that the Rangers can just go willy-nilly and do whatever the fuck they want and just start selling low on assets and not having to worry about anything else. Um, that's just not the way that, you know, that's not the way that the Rangers can do things. And D'Angelo might be a very useful player for the New York Rangers Certainly. moving forward. So I don't think there's a deal out there that makes sense for everybody, if that makes sense. Michael, do you have a terrible take on this as well? First of all, there's only 70 to 80 poisonous mushrooms known to science. But there's only 85 known mushrooms to science. That's in no way correct. <laughs> um, I think you move D'Angelo if you maybe you hit that impasse in contract negotiation. Otherwise, he is a guy who you know what we saw last season. His trade value is probably very high at the moment. Or, I don't know about very high. It's higher than it was a year ago when... The Rangers took a flyer on him and said, you know what, we're going to try and make this kid into something. What's interesting to me about D'Angelo and his situation is that, let's say the scenario where the Rangers 
still have Shattenkirk when the season begins, which I don't think will be the case. But you play Shattenkirk on that left side. You have D'Angelo on your second pair, Fox on your third. In the event that you know Fox needs a little more seasoning in the AHL, you slide him down. Slide him down to the AHL. You slide Shattenkirk over to the right side, and things just kind of fit together. I don't think having too many guys who can play the right side is necessarily a weakness. I think the reason that people are so curious about what's going to happen with this D is the fact that, one, there's so much goddamn money tied up in it, given how kind of piss poor it's been. And two, the fact that there's not a lot of options for guys who have experience playing the left side. I mean, on paper, a lot of people are just penciling in Libar Hayek as the third pair left side D. And that makes a lot of people say, well, why don't the Rangers move, you know, D'Angelo for a guy who can play the left side. You know, you can have a right-handed D play the left side. Brendan Smith is a left-handed D who's been asked to play the right side in the past. Like, this is not a Herculean task for guys who play at this level. It's just a question of how many of them can successfully transition to playing the other side when it comes to things like zone exits. Tom, did you have something to add? Yeah, the only hypothetical is here is, and it's I'm interested in your opinion, so... On the concept of trading D'Angelo, saying that if you're trading him now, his value is low. But where would his value potentially be lower? Trading him now or trading him in season after it's sort of found out that with, you know, Truba in the mix and potentially Fox and other players, he's not getting the opportunities to perform. Therefore, it looks like he's playing worse than he actually is. You know, Tom, if you had a better opinion about mushrooms, I might answer that question. I think we both know that Michael's opinions on mushrooms are the reason why the show is tanking. Uh, Dion NY Rangers, this is a good question. Since the Rangers have expedited the rebuild, can we say the same for Coach Quinn's two-year grace period? I can't imagine the front office would get blamed for a bad year with all the recent moves. Um, here's what I will say about this. I don't think you should be expecting the Rangers to be great next year, but I do think you can say year three, you can start putting some of the pressure on Quinn. The Rangers have too much youth in the system right now to really, like, you're really hoping that guys like Fox and uh, Kako and Kravstov are ready to take enormous jumps right away. And that's a difficult, you know, you're, that's a big ask. Yeah, I agree. That it's I don't think they should necessarily say, All right, Quinn, like, you know, we're moving your clock forward. Like he still has a ton of young players to get caught up to speed to the NHL game and he still has to learn a lot about the guys he has and still deal with a lot of the problems that he inherited. Like there's a lot of work to be done in this roster. Much like, you know, maybe next year I would say is when we start have to say like, All right, David Quinn, we wanna see something and maybe it's fair to say that you know, after the trade deadline, I'd like to see more things. But in my opinion, we've already started to see some promising signs. The case in point is the way he's worked with Pavel Buchnevich, which is another reason why I'm kind of hesitant to trade Buchnevich unless you get a really attractive deal. Like, Quinn seemed to get Buchnevich pointed in a very positive direction, certainly a direction that we didn't see him pointed in under Elaine Vigneault. So I'm, I don't, I'm not sure why there's a little a need to take away that grace period i just let him let him figure out this is still something he's he's new at and i i think we are all in agreement that the rangers aren't going to win the stanley cup in the next two years so let let things fall into place let the team develop let quinn work with the young guys and you know if a couple of years time if it feels like he's just not getting enough or maybe these young players aren't getting the opportunity that we need and want them to have, then, then yeah, that's a conversation to have. But until then, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with what you both said. It's a situation where he's taking on these new players and you don't really move up the clock. Um, and I, I just think it's another adjustment, more young players and more talented players. So in a sense, it's less you know, coaching of basic, you know, blocking and tackling. It's you have players that can just go out and play. Next question from our very own Tom Ertz Jr. If you were driving on a cross-country road trip from New York to California, which member of the Blue Shirt Banter team would you take and why? Tom, this is your question. Who would you take? 
So this this would have been a lot more fun if I were wasn't answering my own question. So I'll let you both go first. How many people can we bring? Um, can you fit in a car? Depends on how many can fit in your car. You got to put a limit. Let's say two people. You can put two people in. Uh, we'll I say three people. people. You got a four-door sedan. Well, okay, Michael says three people, but he's going to feed people mushrooms, which means that they're all going to die. So there's only one person okay, now for the question. Mushroom. And there's a 90% chance that mushroom will be poisonous, per the laws of mushrooms. Um, believe it or not, I would take Mike. Oh. And then I would force him to eat mushrooms. Uh, God, I could take three Jokes people. I've been on mushrooms for years. <laughs> <laughs> I would think I would take Mike. I think I, I would take you, Tom, and, and Shayna. Shayna feels I feel like Shayna would be a good DJ. Tom would be a very calming influence on the trip because after like a day in the car, you're gonna want to murder people. And Mike is there to make us laugh. I take I take Tom because I trust Tom to get me to places if I get nervous. He's a very reassuring figure. Uh, I'm gonna fit I'm going to have Adam, because Adam seems to have a good taste in music, um, or at least his taste in music lines up with mine. Also, Shayna, to be partially music and also to make us all friendship bracelets for the long road trip. Um, and then cramming in the back seat, so I am cheating with four people, but I don't give a fuck. You're all high on mushrooms anyway, is Joe. And Joe is there mainly just to rub my shoulders while I drive. I do give great shoulder rubs. Whisper sweet nothings. Thomas, your answer to this question? I would say Mike, because Mike makes people laugh. Uh, Joe. That's right, Mike. You're the clown right now. Joe will just make you drive. Um, I'm the race car driver. You're the clown. How does that make you feel? (laughs) I'm a Uh, fucking, I'm a NASCAR race car driver. Shayna will take care of the snacks and she can, you know, knit scarves just in case, like, the time of year it gets, like, really cold and, you know, we just kind of need a scarf for, you know, things of that nature. And, um, I think the extra seat will just leave it for, uh, like, baggage space. Well, there we go. The rest of Blue Shirt Banner, Tom wants baggage space over you for this road trip. Fuck y'all. That's what Tom is saying. Fuck yo couch. Um, the other Eric Carlson. How crazy are people who prefer this heat to the cold? My Scandinavian blood can't take this crap. Fuck this heat. Fuck it. Uh, uh, I definitely... Cold. Always cold over heat. I can put on layers. I can get cozy. Blankets are cozy. It feels good. I'll take layers off. My I'll bear, just get naked. My bare toesies on the blankets. It feels but, good to me. Like, here's the thing. In the winter, if it's really cold you and you're trying to go to sleep, you can just jump into your bed, put on additional layers, blankets, and that's it. In the heat, if you don't have air conditioning, you don't have a fan, you're just sitting there lying in your own sweat and you just realize how hot it is and then you're breathing a lot heavier. It's just fucking nonsense. That's very interesting, Tom. It's so very let's interesting say that you, would you, feel you that get way. naked like Joe does. He just gets naked. I'm just naked. Dick and is swinging. Times. But here's the thing. You can't get more naked once you're naked. You can't cool off more from Well, you, you, you got to do like this weird jogging roll thing to really let the wind get in there. All right, final question. Uh, Panero in 2020. Hey, Joe and Mike. How many starts do we think Shostorkin makes, and what do we think the final stat line for the season looks like? Shostorkin... 48 starts. 110 starts. I'm going to say 8 starts. Ooh, you're going way low. Well, here's the thing. Georgiev's there. I, I, I know. I have a funny feeling just you're going to outplay Georgiev, to be honest oh with you. Oh, my God. That would be hot. <laughs> it would be... I'd have to remove layers right now I'd if that happened. i take these layers off in the Five Guys Burger. Hmm... Put those fucking th- did like did they look at you funny when you put when you ask for mushrooms? No, they look at me like I'm a fucking American who knows what he wants. Goddamn don't. mushrooms! No, man, that's bad behavior from you. My vegan friends can't live without mushrooms. Yeah, okay, but they're vegan. What does that mean, you son of a bitch? It, they also can't live without almonds. I'm gonna roundhouse kick you. <laughs> just some, just we're both stating facts, okay? They can't live without almonds. Almonds are like it's the it's basically air to them. I'm gonna put a corkscrew in your belly button hole. I, I'm just I'm telling you right now, you can roundhouse kick whatever the fuck you want. Vegans love almonds because literally everything they eat is made of almonds. I'm as far as I'm aware, a blender and and smash off all the plastic housing around it, the little pitcher, and then just come at you with the spinning metal bits. Come at you. 
like a goat in the night. Well, it doesn't make me less wrong. That's the important part to remember. Like a goat in the night. You'll just hear hooves in a blender. And then okay. Well, m- m- the point stands, really. Uh, Tom, do you have any more thoughts about the, uh, you know, do you have any more thoughts about mushrooms? Shostorkin, how many starts does uh, Igor gets, Tom? I'm going to say 22. Igor gets 23 starts. Wow, you guys. You're, you're okay. price of rights in me, you son of a bitch. But here's the thing. You know you start Georgiev against Toronto. He's always getting at least two games, right? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, Shostorkin has to adapt to the whole North American ice. The corners are close. Like, it's a whole different thing for goalies. Your angles change. It's not a little thing. That's exactly why you don't eat mushrooms. The reality is. <sighs> proud of yourself? Are you proud of yourself? I mean, I think I am. I had a I've friend answered. in college that had mushrooms, but not the mushrooms that you're talking about. And uh, it was you, you're talking about Ill- illicit, illegal drugs on this show. On yeah, show? T- and Joe's he, about and to he, have a baby, Tom. And he actually clean it up. He, Are you he, suggesting I feed my baby mushrooms? Put it on the had, board, Tom. And he actually called his mom afterwards. He was like out of his mind, and then she came all the way from uh, New York City and picked him up and brought him home. <laughs> so so I, I've never. Uh, That's adorable. I've never done mushrooms before, believe it or not, but my old barber used to do them all the time, and then he stopped because he went to a, this was like, honest to God, a 65-year-old man. He went to a party, like a house party, and he took mushrooms, and he was sitting upstairs, and he realized that he could not move, and that the house was on fire, and he knew the house was on fire, but he could not move, and he just laid there for hours. And then when he woke up, he realized that the house was not on fire. It was a hallucination from the mushrooms. But he told me that he knew that he couldn't. He was going to die. Like, he just accepted that he was going to die because of the mushrooms. So I don't know if that's really a good selling point, but Tom is a, is a fucking druggie, apparently. Have you ever and had stuffed mushrooms? My aunt every year makes a cream cheese and crab stuffing for mushrooms for Christmas, and I hate it because I hate mushrooms. Okay. But my aunt always thinks she thinks I like them because they're her special mushrooms, so I eat them to make her feel better. Aww. And then I immediately vomit because I'm poisoned because 90% of mushrooms are poisonous. Okay. You know, there is one mushroom that's so good it's called the chicken of the woods, Joe. I don't think so. It's I think that's very false. the chicken of the woods. My wife is just staring at me. She's come out, so unless her water's broken, no, it doesn't seem like it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this seems like a perfect time to end the show. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to deal with Mike running the show for the flagship. As you can see, there's a reason why I do this. This Several weeks. Yeah, Mike is going to be running the show for at at least the next two weeks, more than likely. Um, I am on paternity leave. That's a great way to put it. Um, thank you I all. Hope for everything th- goes smooth with uh, the wife, Joe, with childbirth. I hope you have a terrible time and that the placenta gives you a concussion. I don't know if a placenta could give you a concussion. Uh, with the right it's softer speed. than you think it is, I assume, uh, from looking at it that one time. Um, all right, my name is Joe Fortunato. Well, you brought it up. Uh, my name is. Well, you shouldn't have done it. My name is Joe Fortunato. That was Tom Ertz, and that is Mike Murphy. And uh, yeah, we're uh, this is the bantering the blue shirts band. Yeah, called ninety percent of mushrooms are poisonous. Thank you to all of our patrons. Who's um, on the board? Thank you for the patrons. Thank you for everybody who subscribes and leaves five stars. And yeah, I'm I'm sorry that Mike is going to be in charge. Have you ever gone to Five Guys and if if you ask them for an extra paperback just for the peanuts? If you're picking up your order, they'll give it to you. Sometimes they ask for an extra paper bag because I'll get a couple of things of the malt vinegar to mix with my ketchup. Oh, okay. Do you like the dirty fries they do? Like the, uh, they do like Old Bay fries? I think they're Cajun fries. Yeah, is that what they do? Okay, they do the Cajun fries. And I've never had them because I heard it was super spicy. Hot and spicy. Yeah. How spicy is it, Mike? I don't know. Is it face-melting spicy? spicy? No, I'm not a spicy guy. Yeah, neither am I. People hurts do my hiney fries. Tom, next show we're going to talk about different ways to hurts. fries. I, I mean, we've discussed the dirty wings. Yeah, we did discuss dirty wings. Power dirty ranking: bit. what you can do with a potato. Uh, what the, this? That's an entire podcast within itself. You animal. That's why cast. we said next podcast. Okay, so you're doing this without me. I think that was sort of implied. Y'all's a bunch of bitches. Joe's.